Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I am Bradley and joining me this week, he is a man of distinction. Some say he's a real big spender. All I know is he's good looking, he's really refined and whether he likes it or not, he's going to find out what's going on in my mind. It's Stu. How you doing, Stu? Pretty good. I, I can't really imagine a scenario where I wouldn't find out what was going on in your mind. Maybe if I gagged you beforehand, that might, might do it. No, I know. I don't think that would even stop nah, me. Nah, that wouldn't, would it? No. I've got my hands. Yeah, yeah. You, sign language, you know, gestures. Yeah. Now, without going full Bobby Kotick on things at the moment... No, you never go full Bobby Kotick. You never go full Bobby Kotick. I'm not, I've not got enough money to do that. But I was thinking about it the other day. And I just went, like, do you know, sort of like, I've never had a blind person come up to me and, like, touch my face to see what I look like. Am I allowed to go, and when I see, like, lovely women and men and everything else, like, anyone, go and see beautiful people, am I allowed to go and touch their face and they have to allow me? (laughs) Uh, No. And also, you probably get arrested pretty fast if you uh, if you tried that. So, yeah, probably best not do it. What about a fist bump? Yeah, that would be okay, I guess. Get in some con- get some consent. Well, in the face. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to do I'll that. Just quite see what you look people. like from yeah. a distance. So- socially distancing, checking what you look like. Yeah. Um, but I've never known a blind person actually do that. Is that just a movie and TV trope? I think it is. I think it's a bit of a trope by all accounts. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to touch people. I don't like going near people at the best of times. Oh, I hear that. I don't like being near people either. Oh, was... I thought you meant you're like, what do you, what do you hear? Who's here? What? <laughs> the ghost of Bobby Cottick. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine? Ooh. Um, no, no, no. Before we get into games, Jesus Christ, we're finally finding out what, what is the, uh, what's the, the line at uh, Activision. They're losing money. They're losing money, so he's got to go. That's only ever going to be the bottom line for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really was. Um, and it just really bugs me. Um, we're going to start to get all the negative crap out of the way first. But it really bugs me. Like, you, even the likes of Giant Bomb, Easy Allies, like, um, or any, like, IGN, any of them, any of the bigger coverers, coverage people, press, media, whatever you want to call them. Pundits. Pundits, yes, that's what we are, pundits. Go, oh, Activision are doing bad feeds. What about that Call of Duty? That's good, or it's bad, or it's not doing this. Like, just don't cover their games. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're scum. Right? I think we could use scum in the right term. You know, manufacture scum, the sun is scum, Activision are scum, Ubisoft are scum. You could use that, the Conservative Party is scum. The way you could use the actual term, I think Activision are in that that category oh now. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, their games are crap they're abusing all their staff why are we covering them or anything other than calling them out on their shite um yeah. and it needs the likes of giant bomb to get on board with that uh rather than just adding it to a news story before going in other news about activision games i know it's that kind of if there's a car crash going on and the game a game is absolutely abysmal they will kind of yeah, go ha ha ha. Yeah, it and they'll is. beat that dead horse as well. Yeah, and they'll beat that dead horse. But unless they can make a news item out of it, you know, they 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 won't bother. And they they these outlets tend to not like 
going after things that are about sexual abuse because it means that they'd have to, you know, they realise they're going to come under scrutiny for it as well. That's the whole sort of patriarchal system, isn't it? It's like you don't point the finger in case somebody goes, well, you actually assaulted somebody and it's on your record kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. It's why I'm glad the likes of Jason Schreier and Stephanie Sturdy don't fold to the pressure of can't we just talk about the games and they still... Yeah, they've got some integrity, and I think they are some of the last bastions of integrity in the uh, in the industry at the moment. I agree. I agree. Certainly, with a wide enough, loud enough voice, definitely, yes. and reach. Um, yes. I really hope that you know James Stephanie Sterling has a has a big big reach. I think that they have a quite a big following, don't they? They used to, and then they came out as trans, and everyone started unfollowing. Right. Uh, yeah. So you get to see who are the hypocrites and the phobes and Yes, yeah. It's come to a point where you can't even just go who are the transphobes or hope you just need to just go the phobes because it just covers such a wide range these days. I like that term actually, yeah. The phobes. Yeah. 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 It sounds like it sounds like a, a knockoff Irish pop band. <laughs> yeah. I can just imagine them doing the Irish country dancing. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Do you know what sometimes does go right? What? Video games. True. Not very often, but occasionally, yeah. What have you been playing, Stu? Well, not much, but something very important, comparatively. So on the not much side, I'd say Tetris Effect Connected, but ever since I've bought that, I've, it's been on pretty much constantly. So, Best game yeah, ever. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's not like gaming in a way. <laughs> it's its own sort of, it's its own little slot. It's its own little category. Like, you know, I sit down at night and, uh, you know, I do that whilst the telly's on. That's what I do. (laughs) Um, uh, I I think I'm finally improving. Um, It's really funny because, you know, you get like a progress bar, an XP. Yes. Do you remember that? And uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And mine says expert now, just because I've been playing it for so long. And it's like, I am not an expert, my friend. I no, I, I've got that on certain games where I'm like a master and stuff like that. Not, not te- I mean, I am a, well, I'm not a te- I'm not, see, I'm not even a Tetris master. I'm not even going to pretend I'm up that level yet. But yeah, other games, I, I've played RPGs that I absolutely suck at. And apparently I'm really good at them. I'm not. I know, I know. Yeah, put enough time into something and somebody will call you an expert. But uh, my, yeah, my my friend, his ex-girlfriend from years ago used to be amazing at Tetris and on the Game Boy. Yeah. And to, to a degree that I just couldn't and still don't really understand. It's just so good. And on this new one, I think it's even harder to to get all the nuances, which is good. You know, you want sophistication. And I think I'm just starting to get a little bit better at understanding it now and understanding the flow of it. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Understandably, I mean, as it's one of the best games ever made. Yeah, so. well, Game Boy Tetris and Tetris Effect are essentially different games. And I won't, go, I won't bore everyone with the details of why. Uh, my partner will only ever acknowledge the existence of Game Boy Tetris. No other Tetris as it exists in her mind. Um, I can't even get her to play Tetris Effect. She refuses. She refuses also to play any Tetris that has ghost, the little ghost thing at the bottom for you to see where they go. She's hardcore. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. she's hardcore. Uh, if that's yeah. on there, she's like, no. She reckons it's a cheat. Yeah, well, no, that's fair. That's fair. You know, if, if... High-level players, that's what they rely on. That's the only bit that counts. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, that, if that's what me, Tetris means to you, then that's, yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. cool. Oh, I'm not yeah. one to say I won't. I keep trying to get it to try for once, but I'm not going to go, yeah, I played it, Rob. She plays it her own way. And that's what Tetris is about. Yes. Tetris is an, al- an allegory for life, really. Uh, do yeah. you know what a teaspoon is yet? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I can, can kind one? of, I see it pop up every now and again when I'm when I'm working stuff into a corner that it probably shouldn't fit into. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, that's worth that, you know. Yeah, so, working out. Yep, so you've got I, a- I've never seen a definition, but I assume what it means is rotating a piece into a space uh, that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't conform to without you rotating it. Yes, correct. God. So you've got your T-spin. They're vital nowadays. In modern Tetris, they are vital for getting good scores. So you want to get your T-spin. Your T-spin doubles is what you want to get in. Okay, that that's important. You want to do an early setup. Don't worry about all clears. Right, they're not great at the start, especially competitive Tetris. What you want to go for is you want to set up to start with a T-spin triple-double, right? Which is you go in, you set up a, a space for a triple, T-spin triple, which means it clears three lines, as well as a T-spin double, which clears two lines. You go down, you do your T-spin double to get rid of two, and then that sets you up for your T-spin triple. You put your next T-piece in, and you drop it down a couple of times, and that gets into your triple space. You've got to know those. But there's also S-spins and there's Z-spins. Um, they're the like little S and Z pieces that go into little bits. They'll get um, a single line clear, but they're worth some extra points. But your combos, your combos are important as well. So if you're concentrating on just your Tetris lines, good. Well done. It's a good starting place. You've got to learn your spins and your combos. Right. Well, I heard T-spin. And then that was it. And then words. <laughs> it was just blah blah blah. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I can't. I get, I get what you mean. Yeah, you, that's your next level. Once you're, once you're comfortable, what you need to do is you get comfortable with with your speed. Like, can I get just line clears? Then you go right. Can I get rid of single? I don't want single line clears. That's what you want to get rid of. Single line clears are pointless. Once you've basically outlawed those in your own game, and you're getting at least doubles all the time at minimum and you could do that at high speed then you want to just basically what's the t-spin how do i know to set one up and then concentrate on doing that and then you build like that like and then basically you're building your knowledge and then you're clearing it to do your next bit of knowledge just like tetris (laughs) yeah you've you've definitely tetris is an allegory for life it is. You, you've definitely been playing this game far too long. I think that's that's what the takeaway is. Thirty years of Tetris. Yeah, too long. And I'm not anyway. good at it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not good at it. Well, yeah, you are good at it. Well, I'm better than most, but I'm not good at it. When you see other people, I, I'd never win a competition. I know. I judging myself against other people. It never turns out well. No, I know. <laughs> so. It, before yeah. this becomes the Tetris cast, which is it is very much in danger of doing week on week, what have you been playing this week? Not Tetris, actually. Whoa. Uh, it's been the first week for a while. I've not actually touched Tetris. So I've been playing two games. One of them has become Digital Crack, um, and I'm going to talk about that one in a minute. But another one that I, I got given a review code for, and it's called Wolfstride, and it's on PC. And Wolfstride is... Oh, how to describe Wolfstride. It's like a, it's not really a deck builder, but there's some influences from deck building in it to a degree. But it's an action combat, turn-based strategy, anime mecha game, RPG as well. Okay. 
So that's uh, obviously a lot to unwrap there. But essentially what you've got is you play this character who is like ex-Yakuza, I think he is in it. And he's got a couple of friends and he, he's left the Yakuza and for whatever reason, story reasons, he gets given this uh, run-down, trashy mech that he needs to try and build up and enter into competitions to earn money and then like progress the story for story reasons and stuff like that. Again, I'm trying. I'm not going to describe the story because I can't describe any of the story without without actually ruining anything from an early part. But basically, yeah. he needs to earn money. You enter mech battles to do this, and it, it's like the mech battle side of it is really good. It's you go in, it's turn based, um, and you kind of like you you go into it with a loadout, and it's like. Uh, when I say it's deck building, you can pre-choose your loadout based on things. And it's like, it's laid out almost like they're cards, but they're not. They're just actions you can choose and, and do stuff in. Um, and what's really good, it's not just you target the mech. It's 1v1. And what you do is you target areas of the mech. So you can target like its arms, its head and torso and stuff like that. And what you target, what you get rid of, can really affect the flow of a fight. So you could be up against the mech who's got like a really good arm cannon, for example, does lots of damage with his arm cannon, but is weak everywhere else. So you take out that arm cannon and focus everything on getting rid of that. And then he just becomes like a sitting duck for you. But at the same time, your loadout has positives and negatives all over. So if they're doing damage to certain areas of yours, you get weakened in other ways. But what I found in it is you could also sort of set it up that if they weaken one part of you, you get stronger elsewhere and stuff like that. So lots of nuances and, and tactics within the actual battles themselves. But here's the thing. I went into this game expecting it to be just like lots and lots of battles and like just like a little bit of like story stuff to hold it all together. A bit like um, Ironcast, which is a, like a, a mech match free game, which is really good, by the way. Yeah. I expect it to be like that. Uh, but it's not. It's more like I would liken it to Persona 5 Strikers, which takes an existing game mechanic. So Persona 5 Strikers takes the um, the Musu, Musu, Musu games, the Warriors games. Yeah, I know. I know uh, take, takes that gameplay. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm like that with um, like a Persona skin. But actually, it's more of a Persona game with some Musu fight, like battles thrown in. This is similar. It's very much a story-driven RPG with an emphasis on the story RPG. There's loads of story. It's immature as hell, by the way, but it works. Um, Immature, absolutely as hell. But first two to three hours, I think I must have done like just a couple, three, four battles in the first couple of hours. Yeah. Really interesting. And it's like visual-wise, it's definitely like a Japanese visual, not visual novel, sorry, a Japanese graphic novel. So it's like black and white aesthetic of like the Death Note books. And yeah, just really, really good. There's those little mini games you could do in there. are not like mini, mini games, like annoying ones, but just those little things you could do to earn extra money to help you get the bits for your mech. But there is this run, like you can practice these battles as well by doing them like playing... It goes like very meta, I suppose, where you can sort of go into it and um, play the vi- the game within a game. So it's like you go and do like a video game version of the actual mech battles to practice, and you can get a battle pass for it. Uh, but you you have to use obviously there's no actual like monetization, but it's in game stuff that you earn like within the game. But you can buy a battle pass for the in game practice scenes, which I think is a really good hilarious commentary on sort of like modern gaming at the same time. But yeah, really good game, not perfect. 
couple of little bits they could trim the fat off and stuff like that, maybe streamline it a tad. But aside from that, despite wanting the one thing, despite wanting the the, the mechanics, the battle, I wasn't put off by the story. And usually I could be turned off by that. Uh, mind wanders. No, engaged me, really engaged the story. Fully voice acted, thumbs up for that. And yeah, really, really, really interesting game that's I think came out. Tuesday just gone, but on Steam only at the moment. Definitely give it a look though if you get a chance. All right, yeah. Uh, do you know who the developer is? Is it anyone famous or is it a small studio or something? Right, it's published by Raw Fury. So when we actually before when we're talking about crappy uh, publishers, Raw Fury are the good guys. I have to say that they are one of the good guys. So divided part is Otter Imon Studios. I've never heard of them before, but that's not to say. It's just that they're out of my genre but according to this they've only ever done wolf stride this is their debut but who knows what experience they've got at other studios or anything other people might know more but this seems like a debut title for them excellent yeah no i'll check some videos out see what i think yep yeah definitely it's um if you don't like rpgs and turn-based games then this isn't going to go, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get into this now. That's the one thing I will say about it. It's not doing anything new, or it's definitely not for sort of people who just go, "Uh, maybe. It's definitely people who like those sort of games. Yeah, always very, very dependent for me. Yes. Like, uh, the odd odd RPG and the odd tactical RPG will just set me on fire, and I absolutely love them. But that's pretty far and... Few, few, few and far between, but um, yeah, I'll check it out. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it the eye. See what I think. I still really wish that I'd. Ah, well, I'll talk about that later. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it's it's uh, it's really it's it's really a genre that when they nail it, they really nail it. So, last question, just a very brief one. What's the viewpoint? Is it side on? Is it three D? You know, is it first person? Is it isometric? Or what sort of? Oh, it's a very, very good chat. So the RPG stuff goes from like almost as though it's like a full-on graphic novel, but then it switches to like this like pixelated type bits for other areas, and then the battle parts themselves again are they've got some three D side-on animations and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's like I mean the only thing I can say it is like a living, breathing graphic novel. Yeah, that that's all I can say really. It sort of kind of mixes and matches bits. But yeah, the last one I read, I mean, I've read sort of like um, Tokyo Ghoul and um, Death Note, and that's what it reminds me of. It's got the monochrome aesthetic to it, and it yeah, it just looks like a manga graphic novel come to life. Very cool. Yeah, I, it sounds a little reminiscent of that Thirteen Sentinels that I played on PS4 which is by Vanillaware, but that was definitely leaning more into the graphic novel, yeah. you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, visual novel style. Uh, so it, I kind of bounced off it. I always think I might get back into it, but I don't know. I don't know. They're not real. Visual novels really aren't my kind of thing. I struggle a lot with them. But yeah, no, Stride fi- doesn't sound like that. No, no, it's good. I mean, I, I, I've not finished it. I'm not going to pretend I've finished it. Oh, I'm even like most of the way through or anything like that. I'm taking my time. But it's one of those that I can see because of the colour palette being monochrome and the way it's done, I can see that quite well. So it's one I like dipping in and out of. But Raw Fury, honestly, they've got such a good track record at the moment of, I think, game 
Okay, big tier games that are just like sort of really fun to play. You know, they've done Per Aspera, which was a, a you know, was decent. They've done things like Gona, uh, Kingdoms 2 Crowns. They've been on those. Uh, they've done Nightcore, which I thought was a really good game. I think they published Sable as well. So they've got a really good library of different games. They, they haven't put themselves into a niche. I would say they're the non-floated version of Devolver Digital. Ah, right, yeah, okay. So. Definitely worth uh, check following them as a as a publisher then. Cool. Yes. Oh, that. yeah, definitely. They've got such a good library. Nice, nice. And that should get me some more games in the future. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> yeah, it's the only reason I do any of this. Two, right, three games. I mean, don't, don't print this, but I think all their games are rubbish. No, I don't, I'm joking. <laughs> We don't print anything. Why did I say print? I don't know. Stu, save me. Talk about another game. <laughs> well, uh, I've only got one more. There's only a tiny, tiny little one, uh, and it's called Halo Infinite. So, nope. yeah. Um, indie? Quite a big... Yeah, a big indie. Let's call it a big indie. Um, oh, that's why I've never heard of it. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really weird when you're thinking about the Halo series. You know, it's like, you look at Bungie and they're kind of stuck doing Destiny 2 and, well, the Destiny series. And, you know, is that really where they wanted to go? Are they happy doing it? Who knows? And you've got 343 who have taken up the reins and it's like, you know, are they being allowed to do what they want and how much are they controlled by Microsoft? And do Microsoft know what they want out of the game? And, you know, these aren't really my thoughts. These are the sort of expectations that have been on them for years. You know, especially since, like, Halo 5 was you know, not that well received. I mean... I like one, the multiplayer in that. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to to sort of judge on that game. You know, how to call it, really. Because it sold tons. And this game, Infinite, is selling tons. And people loved the multiplayer in Halo 5. People liked playing it in co-op in Halo 5. It made a lot of money. It looked beautiful. So where's the beef, you know? what What's the criticism? Where's the complaint? And it's really only the complaint that people didn't like the single player very much. But if you go back and play it, which, you know, I have. I've played it fairly recently. I, you know, again, think it's a good game. Do I think they needed to change it for Halo Infinite? Yes, but then I like progress. I don't like things to just stick you know and get and get stuck in in one rut and yeah so far with halo infinite it's it's doing a juggling act is what i'd describe it as doing in that it obviously has to make progress in some ways otherwise it's just you might as well go back and play halo ce but in other ways it's very backward looking it looks at the original game and the original game as the the main and really only in inspiration. And so it's got those two things going on. And that's both its greatest strength and it's so far from what I've played its greatest weakness. But uh, the fact that there's you know it it's just it feels like the original game that everybody loved is not much of a criticism because as a first person shooter which is what counts it's really excellent and it does everything really, really well so far. And it adds a few new things into it that, that really, really amp up the gameplay. So 
there's so many takes out there and there's so many reviews. I won't go into a massive load of detail on it. And it's more about how I feel personally, because I think that's the only thing that's going to be different from what any other people say. Yeah. So the, the things... Yeah, no one's coming here to hear a, like, a repeat of everything else. So. Yeah, well, hopefully not. So <laughs> so the, the two big things are, well, there's the the size of the open world bits and they're kind of a little bit little bit kind of latter far cry style you know and earlier sort of looking at crisis in that it's not really an open world not even in the way that breath of the wild is an open world it's more like instanced areas small areas uh, that are fairly well funneled but you don't have to go down the critical path the entire time which is nice it's it's nice i like games that are like that i'm not a big fan of massive open world games uh, but it just gives you that variety of like, oh, what's over here? So, yeah, it's good. It's got that variety of space. Uh, it's also got the grappling hook, which is like a huge big deal because people were on the fence about whether sprinting was necessary or fit in with the, the Halo gameplay when that started getting introduced. Yeah. You know, it's st- people are still divided about it. But I don't think anyone's divided about the grappling hook. It's really excellent. It's it doesn't it's not just a win button for a start, because the enemies have, have kind of adapted to you know, to to adjust to that kind of thing being in the game and it's got cooldown and it's got, you know, limits to it. It just it's when you've got a the deliberately low gravity that Halo has, which is one of the great, great things about the game, because it makes it feel like proper sci-fi, having that thing to zip you in a straight line fast is great. Uh, I think it's a really good addition. So it's been it's very sort of classic in inverted commas at the moment. Uh, it follows a classical mold of Halo, but it has a couple of new quirks that that make it really quite unique in its own way uh i'm not far enough into it to say whether it's going to be one of my favorites but on current evidence it's right up there which is which is great to see yeah it's uh i mean halo is a really interesting series i remember i love i loved one um, i mean we we often hear games talked about as system sellers i don't think we've ever had anything as close to an actual system seller as Halo. Yeah. Because this was Microsoft entering the gaming market. They had no right, and that sold the system. I don't think a particular single game sold the PlayStation, for example, when they came in brand new. I don't, you know, I don't think a single game sold the Mega Drive or the SNES or the, anything like that. They had good games with them that everyone wanted. But when Microsoft came into, into the party, PlayStation was so established. That was the time you just go, I mean, look, all other like pretenders have failed. The CDI failed, the 3DO failed, the, Link, the Jaguar failed, and, and, and things like that. Then it comes to Microsoft, and Halo sold that system. Um, and I remember playing that, loving it, every moment of it. The second game, I... I, I I look back and go, oh, I must have loved that. I completed it. But I mainly cared for the, um, used to go around a friend's house, or a work, a work friend's house, and we used to play that into the early hours, few drinks, stuff like that. Really great fun times. 
and then I kind of bounced off a little bit, a little bit after that, because I sort of like moved away and was trying to play like Halo 3, ODST, stuff like that, all on their own. Completely bounced off 4, got back into it with 5. And like a lot of people, you know, I, I think there was some issues with the uh, single player, but I thought the shooting mechanics, every Halo game shooting mechanics have been sound. You could never level that issue with it. Yeah, yeah. But... The only way I can like it, I didn't want to use a football analogy, but I can't think of another football analogy. But when 3-4-3 came in, it was like they're being the first manager to try and take over Man United after Alex Ferguson left. Yeah, yeah. They've got no chance. But I'm, what I'm hoping now with, I think they showed it a bit with five, honestly. They're, the multiplayer with five, I really enjoyed. I a lot of people really enjoyed that. But I, I'm hoping this is their moment now. They're finally showing no look halo's ours now this is what we're doing with halo yeah which is a great statement to make yeah and one thing that i've always been really impressed with them uh, by is is their their visual sense i i yeah. really love their designs everything that they've added to the whole ethos and to the whole universe of halo i think has been really good and visually at least you know i know it's <laughs> debatable in other areas but visually i think it's been fabulous and yeah i think that they they've translated the original game as as well as they can to make people feel happy i'm a little less bothered about it than i would normally be because mm-hmm. i normally i would be like look Please move forward. Stop just redoing stuff. One of the reasons I, even though, and I, I always refer back to Resident Evil because I always refer back to Capcom in some way. But um, one of the great things about that was, you know, they did a set of games that was in one perspective and style. Then they moved on to another one, which was, you know, obviously the the third person behind the shoulder, and then they moved on to first person. And they've kept the essence, but they've they've kept evolving so that you're not just yeah. buying the same game over and over again. And luckily with this, because there hasn't been a game like Halo CE since Halo CE, you can do a sequel to it. This is like Halo CE 2 almost. Yeah. And, you know, it's got new stuff in it, but Halo CE 2 would have. Yeah, this is them doing a Halloween, isn't it? And retconning everything yeah. by the original, in yeah. a way. It's very, very much in the, the 2020s style of, of stuff, which is, if you want to, you're allowed to forget other stuff existed and just do something that steals the best parts of it, which is absolutely fine. You know, and as I say, it's not been done to death. It certainly hasn't. And... Yeah, there there are things that I really, really would like to see in it that aren't there at the moment, but I'm not going to talk about them yet because they might appear. Um, it's unlikely, but they might. So we'll talk about it in several uh, weeks' time and I'll, I'll see yeah. what my final verdict is. But my current verdict is it's it's really, really good. It's not game of the year, but it's good. Very, very good. Yeah, no, and that's everything I've heard. I, I'm kind of holding off until I can see properly to be able to play it because I don't want to kind of like bungle my way through it. Um, again, I've heard people say the story's complete. Bobbins, fine, it's Halo. I don't I don't <laughs> bother with the story. It's just it's, man versus aliens and that's enough yeah. for me. I'm a Master Chief, yeah, and I'm shooting aliens, yeah. For any reason? Ah, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, for reasons. Uh, that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm absolutely. I, I, uh, what I, what I, what I can't wait to try is the grappling hook, as you mentioned, because I think still one of the freshest multiplayer shooters, definitely the best single player shooter of the last decade, is Titanfall Two. Yep. 
Uh, and the reason that is, a lot of people have different reasons. I mean, it's got some excellent writing to it, and the levels of level design is amazing. But the inertia in that game, the movement, just feels so natural. It's so fluid. You constantly feel like you're doing something, even when you're not. Um, and if Halo could bring a bit of that about it, they they're on the right tracks. Yeah, it, it definitely does. They nail the gravity situation in it. Um, in that, you know, it has inertia. So, you know, if you're traveling in one direction at one speed, it will maintain that for a certain amount of time that's consistent with the gravity of Halo. And so it's not just like, oh, suddenly, you know, you're zipping around and then you stop dead, you know. They've got the momentum part of it correct as well. And just being able to fit that in, in an area where when you're like with shooters, it's normally like, oh, well, we, we'll mix up the enemies and we'll mix up the weapons and then, okay, we'll look at different environments. But actually adding something that's right at the core of the physics isn't isn't really something that's added very often to these things late in the series. So, yeah, I, I'm really impressed. Yeah. The, the only thing I'll say to finish is on PC, there are no game-breaking bugs, that, but there are a lot of bugs. There's audio bugs, there's clipping issues, there's like floaty physics with characters getting stuck in weird places. None of it game-breaking, but a PC for you. If it's it's a bit yeah, it's a bit sloppy, uh, and it you know it's one of those things you just know if they didn't if they hadn't been given such a hard release date that those sort it's not a Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven situation where they needed another three years, but another three months and even these tiny things would have gone. So hmm. it's it feels like an incomplete game from that perspective, which that's anathema to three four three. Like uh, I know Master Chief Collection needed a lot of work but that was a different thing like you know halo 4 halos 4 and 5 came out of the gate as complete experiences and this isn't really quite there with that so that's definitely on microsoft but uh yeah it's one to watch out for if you're on pc so i mean when you say that okay you said it's nothing game breaking it's like it's and again do we know if this is like a pc only thing or is it the same on console do we know or i don't i don't know i don't know whether they have the clipping issues like audio and visual clipping issues that are on piece. I would guess that they probably are because I think the code is pretty much the same. Um, they, they have bought Bethesda, so clipping issues and stuff like that are part of the course now. <laughs> that's built in, yeah. That's baked into yeah. the experience. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's... it's. Do they get away with it because it's on Game Pass Ultimate? That That's the thing. You, how much rope do you start to give Microsoft? That That's going to be the big one. If they start getting worse, then you, uh, like, uh, they've got to be called out for it. But they gave them an extra year, which I think is really good. I don't think they could have... In their defence, I don't think they could have missed holidays. That would have been a disaster yeah. for them. Um, yeah. And I think... You know, the fact that we're coming in, Call of Duty's crap, Battlefield's crap at the moment, there's no other big shooters coming out, Halo had to come out, had to come out. And I, I wonder, I think what they're going to do, I, I, it's a live service. I get, I'm not. I'm okay with a live service if it's done in this way, with it being part of Game Pass, I'm okay with that to a degree. I think we'll be seeing this supported for at least the next five years with new content. I think we'll get yearly content drops that proceed the story further i don't think we'll ever get like a um a halo 7 i think this is called halo infinite for a reason yes uh, it's one of those that they they'll they'll eventually do a halo 7 you know 
Oh, they said they were ever going to do a Windows 11, so... Yeah, exactly. It's one of those that it doesn't happen until it does, but... It, it's good. It's good optics for them to say, "Oh, it's infinite. It's never going to change." Yeah. But I mean, it never. You can't never say never. You know. Well, it's... precisely. But the the main reason that you immediately know that's not true is because it's very very hobbled by having to run on the original Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, and you can really see that because the graphics are not very good. <laughs> I mean, they're good and they're not good. Um, in that, I would say that Destiny One. Because I'm going to keep comparing them to Bungie. I bet they love that. Um, <laughs> Destiny. Luckily, like I didn't send us any code, so we can say what we exactly. want. Exactly, um, <laughs> and will. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, we do anyway. In case anyone goes out saying again, they're bought. We do anyway. Yeah, yeah. But um, it does. I'd say that it looks on a par uh, with Destiny One graphically. Fine. Which is a very old game from a previous generation. It looks like a previous generation game. You know me, I'm not really that arsed about graphics. When we talk, me and you talk about games, we occasionally go, I think we've said everything that we need to about it. Oh, yeah, graphics. You know, it's always the last thing on our list. It's always the least important. How does it look compared to Operation Wolf on the uh, on the spectrum? It's, it's about comparable, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, whenever, um, uh, in- my son talks about games, oh, the graphics on this car, guys. I'm like, mate. Let's boot up Turbo Esprit Challenge, shall we? And that blew my mind away. Oh, I'm mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I it, I don't even bother talking about it, and I wouldn't, other than when you look at Halo 4, it's doing some absolute amazing trickery to get such amazing, so like really immersive things, like great depth of field, you know, uh, some clever use of motion blur, some of the... The screen space reflections, the bloom. Yeah. It does loads of clever things to make it feel very sci-fi, very distant, alien, futuristic. And if you the only problem is if you don't keep up with that graphical arms race, you, you don't you don't teach people new visual experiences. No. There's an aesthetic that they built up in Destiny, and there's an aesthetic that they built up in Halo 4 that was using, you know, a lot of clever tricks that I think that have not really been able to do with Halo Infinite mainly because i think the the engine is based off of their old engine and that's from a you know not from the previous generation it was from the generation before that it was ps3 and, and 360 you know and it's kind of like on an aesthetic level it it can't really push certain things so it looks like lots of stuff you've seen before if you see what i mean and yeah 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 so it's it's not really criticizing the the kind of the power and the grunt and oh you should be pushing all the shinies more like it's you've not you're not really able to with that engine produce something that i've never seen before if you see what i mean yeah yeah no totally totally get that but i you know if you i think they were kind of in a rock and a hard place situation because everyone was like you know me 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 we want it to look like the original game me 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 and it's like well all right here you are then and it's just it's very clean it's very halo it's very much like the first level of, of halo you know it's yeah not very you know no there you go you can't have them all so, you can't have it all no so when i was a graphic designer before i lost my eyes um, i'm gonna make this sound like you know i cyberpunk it up oh yeah. you know future side not not cyberpunk the game just future, future cyberpunk <laughs> stuff like the not the game cyberpunk the generalization of cyberpunk yes. um, <laughs> but uh, before i lost my eyes one of the things that we always done in graphic design was 
you do a logo, you do a logo, whatever you're doing, and then to see if it works well, you first of all, you, you, you go, does it work inverse? Does it work black and white? And then finally, you blur the buggery out of it, and can you still recognise that logo? Then you've done a good logo. Gaming, I think, needs to follow the same suit. And I, I'm going to call it, I'm going to coin another new term, okay? We're going to have the Thomas was a load effect. Yeah. If you could drill your game down to just blocks and it still maintains the mechanics and the fun that you're intending for you're on the right lines if however you can't reduce those graphics to just like squares and triangles and geometric shapes or whatever on a, that are just really flat without all the bells and whistles have a little think about your game's mechanics have a little bit of think about what your aim is yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, I know, and they've got. I think I like followed... you, Mike Biffle. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think they've they've followed that three four three. I think you could you could do that thing with with infinite of going, you know, do, like you said, doing it in verse, do it in monochrome, do it however you like, and it would still you go, oh god, yeah, that's demonstrably Halo, yes. and that's yes. what you want. You do want that. Um, and yeah, we've got to finish on a positive because not just oh, I've got to grasp at a positive, not at all. It's a really good game. It's a really good game. If you like Halo already, you're going to love it. If you if you weren't sold on Halo before, there's enough in it, I think, that will bring more people towards it. And I think, like you said, it's going to get a lot of content. It's going to go for a lot of years. And I think it's going to get a really big single-player experience. And I think they are, ironically, going to steal Bungie's thing of, we're going to release you know, these big DLC packs that are essentially another game, you know, like they did with Destiny. And I'm all for that. So there you go. Oh, yeah, definitely. So on the opposite side of that, we've been going around in a bit of a loop with Halo. So why not carry on the theme? I've been playing Loop Hero on the Switch this time. Very nice. Yes. So I got this originally on the PC when it first came out. I don't know if it came out this year or last year. My mind, again, 2020 has been a long year. I'm looking forward to 2021. I know, I know, I know. Uh, 2021's going to be a good year, surely. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, Um, I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, played... um, I I got Loop Hero, bounced off it a couple of times. Um, It's got really good mechanics. So basically, the idea is it's a a roguelite. You go around in this loop, and it's like an auto-player, so... You go in, you fight monsters, or whatever your stats are, decide whether you beat the monsters, and you go round, and you continue doing the same loop. But every monster you beat drops resources. So you get, like, you weapons, armor, uh, like, the the thing, like, wearing a ring gives you stuff, and like, basically gives you all stat boosts and everything. But you also get cards, and you put cards down to either introduce new enemies to battle or to give you buffs and debuffs. So, like, if you put, like, on, like, one of them, like, put, like, rocks and mountains together on the game board, then you get, like, HP boosts and stuff like that. And it's, like, plus two for every rock you put down, but you get like five if you put them adjacent to each other and all stuff like that so you have to really think about placement of like of tiles on this on on the game but you go around on this continuous loop fighting monsters and you decide right do i want to leave if you leave anywhere on the balls you bring like 60 percent of the resources you've collected back to your main base if you die you only get 30 percent. but if you get to a campfire and leave you get to bring everything back and then you use the resources at your base to build your base up and get extra buffs and like bonuses before you go in and you repeat 
rinse and repeat. I say it's an auto player, so it just goes off on its own until until you die. Uh, but what you do is you get a planning stage. So after every monster you've it's beaten, it stops and go. It pauses, goes to a planning stage. You can swap out bits, add new cards, that sort of thing. And it sounds complicated. When I first saw it, it was like, oh my god, I'm not going to get this at all. Playing it, once you've played it, it makes sense. You get into it. It's really good. It's really good uh, gameplay loop, if you excuse the pun. But yeah, really good. It's what I call a good TV game on the Switch because it's slow and methodical. So, like, you can sit and watch a bit of TV. You go, oh, beat a monster. What am I doing? Do this. Look up at the TV again, and it, it goes on. You, you can play it without concentrating, but you can also concentrate fully on the game. And, yeah, it's just become pure digital crack. So is it completable? Can you actually finish it, or is it just... I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, it's got, like, a tech tree kind of thing going on, like, in the base, like, when, you, when you're sort of, like, not doing the loops. It's got, a, like, a, a base building type thing where you, like, you, you start off with a campfire, you then add a kitchen, uh, villagers, a library, etc., etc. Um, it's all different classes, so I suppose it's completable in the way that, like, Slay the Spire's completable. And then you just push on further and further and test yourself against harder and harder like enemies and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just a really, really good, solid game. That's, again, it's another one of those where I could turn it on while like, oh, I don't want to watch this. This is half hour of crap that the like low wants to watch or the kids want to watch. So I'm going to boot up Loop Hero for half an hour and then turn it off and play something else or watch whatever he was going to watch and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's just honestly, it's a really really good time waster in the best possible way oh very cool well i mean that's kind of a calling tetris just a time waster is probably not fair but i i use it like that in the same way it's, yeah. that's a great experience for the switch and i'm very much considering when i get my steam deck if i ever do i'm very much considering leaving stuff like you know what's it called wall stride the one that you were playing before yeah you know and things like that leaving it for that because I think it would be the perfect marriage of, of function and uh, and game, you know. So, yeah. So, without being that person, Loop Hero is perfect for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got it on PC, and a lot of people have said, oh, it's great to have on PC, because you put it in a smaller window, and you, you, you just you dip in and out of it as you're doing other stuff. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I got too distracted Yeah. by either that, or what I needed to do. So I was never enough. But on the Switch, yeah, it, it's perfect for that, as are so many games. Um, I've also got preloaded, ready to go, Shovel Knight, Pocket Dungeon, because it's Shovel Knight puzzles. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is why, you know, Steam Deck is so exciting, is that the, the best platform, inarguably, for the range of indie games is the PC. Yes. The, the best platform for playing those indie games is indisputably the Switch. Yes. So, when, you know, merging the two together is an absolute genius move. And, you know, it's one of those that I hope... Like, every, like I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, it's not going to... The Steam Deck is not designed to or is going to sell to people who don't already understand PC gaming. It's like, okay, well, I can accept that and understand it. But if it's a hit and sells out within its niche, then other companies will start going, right, well, we've got to be in on this. And then they will start producing things that are a more tailored and less PC experience, but are kind of more towards the PC side than they are towards the Nintendo side of things. So I think it's going to be a real a real game changer. 
Oh, I, I'm with you 100%. I've got so many games that I wish were on Switch that aren't on Switch, such as Noita. Is it Noita? Noita? Whatever it's I have called. no I idea, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one. That's a perfect handheld perfect game, but the Switch can't, can't run it. even come close to running it because nope. of all the voxels and everything and the, the physics behind it all. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's perfect for the Steam Deck. Yeah. That's going to be a you saying, isn't it? It is. It is. We're going to coin it. Yeah, um, and one, you know, we'll be talking about potential games of the year on there at some point because of how good they run on on the Steam Deck. So, talking of games of the year. Nice. That's, I tell you, a sorry, but I know. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's just I realised, bloody hell, we've been banging on and we better get, we're meant to do a weekly game of the year category. Us, banging Um, on? What are you on about? Yeah. So, hit me, hit me, hit me. I would if I could, but I will instead, I will go through the Games of the Year thing. So, we the first one, as you know, last week we were doing this and uh, we, we picked a couple of categories at random and before we came on, I picked a couple at random again. Yep. And they are, uh, let me have a look, very professional. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> the first one I grabbed out was best hardware, which is a good question because I don't think either of us have bought any sort of major hardware this year. So it's a good one of going, what do we think from the outside is the best hardware? Oh, no, I'll tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'm going to say the Xbox All right, as yeah. a whole, because, again, I think it, we spoke about it earlier, but it comes down purely to Microsoft's strategy of do you want to play our games? Okay, then. I could play a first-party Microsoft game on my phone, on a tablet, on my PC, on an Xbox One, on an Xbox Series S, on an Xbox Series X. It really does not matter. So if we're talking hardware and accessibility to games, yeah, it's Microsoft. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that there's there's a lot of trouble... With like normally, P- the PC is my winner. Yeah, but there's loads of reasons why it's not this year. Unavailability of graphics cards, things not being optimized for them very well, not enough adoption of DLSS, not enough sort of streamlining the ray tracing that you can do. Too much focus on the console experience. There's lots of stuff that it's still brilliant, but they're not kind. Of, it's not being maximized at the moment. It really isn't. Um, I would say the PS5 for being able to stream stuff in so fast in a way that I'm not sure if I've started doing that on Series X in quite the same way. But I agree with you. I think that by far and away, you can play the, the widest number of games on it for a console. Uh, or, although that's, you know, competing with the <laughs> competing with the switch because the switch has every single indie game ever made on it but um, yeah it's also the switch is going down that route that steam went down a little bit where there's a lot of crap just a lot of garbage released. yeah yeah and i think it's bit it's a bit more curated on game pass yeah obviously it's a paid for service so yeah um I but yeah know. if you've played 12 minutes you might not think that <laughs> fair enough but um <laughs> yeah yeah, in you know, goodwill terms, I think that it's got that you know, Microsoft got the most powerful console out there and they've got access to you know, not necessarily the best games, but probably still, you know, as many good games as, as the PS five in terms of exclusives, but it's much more accessible to everybody and yeah. And I like the look of the machine as well. <laughs> I could yeah, I, I could play 
if they was to release Forts, you know, well, I could play Forts, Forts Horizon 5. That's their big flagship. I could play that now on any system, I've, well, yeah. anything I've got in this property yeah. at the moment. I couldn't play Gran Turismo 7 if that released tomorrow. Yes. that yeah. That's how I look at it. And that's how I look at games now. I want a PlayStation 5. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, you know... I'm a video game enthusiast because I'm not going to use the EG word. I, I you know, I, I, I want a PlayStation 5. I've not got anything against Sony. You know, I think they've given me some of the best experiences I've ever had in my life as a gamer. Ah, I did it as a, as a gamer. Uh, <laughs> and, I, you know, I will get one. But, as I said, I also want my games now to be, I want to sit down and play them. Where can I play them? And when you tell me, right, you can play it anywhere or you've got to be in this specific situation, I'm going to take the anywhere option every day of the week. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think cross-save. Add cross-save to everything. Yes, I know. (laughs) I think we're... um, The only only thing I'll say with that is that's slightly crossing over to, like, best publisher, really, rather than... I mean, it is part of their hardware strategy in that you can play stuff on, on any of the hardware, but I think that's more of a... That's less of a technical decision and more of a political one. Um, in terms of, like, yeah. the actual physical machine itself, I think for, for your reasons, plus it also being the most powerful, I think I'd say, yeah, probably Series X. Okay, well, I'm just going to say Xbox One. Because <laughs> that's, that's what I've got. Yeah, but, but I haven't got a Series X either, but, you know... Bestow the plaudits where ye may. I don't know. I might have been swung if I'd seen the Switch uh, OLED version, but I haven't seen that either. So, no, nor have I. And I've got. It's a tough one. I've got no need for one. I want one because I'm like a bloody what are they crow? Not crows. Magpie. I'm like a bloody magpie for shiny you things. Oh yeah, yeah. So I want one. Same as I want, I want the top end Steam Deck. I'm not going to get a top end Steam Deck. I'm, 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 I'm still trying to wonder how the hell I'm going to afford a low end Steam Deck. So, if, listen, Valve, if you want to delay it another couple of months, go ahead. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah. I want a 3080. I know I can't get one. I want a PlayStation 5. I can't get one. My son's got a Series S uh, because you could get those. We haven't got a Series X yet, but I can play Series X games. It's exactly, it's yeah. an interesting world we live in, um, and if Microsoft could trust me, they would do a way for you to be able to play those on a Switch, on a PlayStation Five, on a bloody Dreamcast. If they found out they could do it, uh, but if they yeah. found out they'd make more money by shuttering all that off completely, they'd also do that as well because they're a corporation. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, shouldn't spend too long complimenting any com- corporation because you they're not your friends. Not your friends. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Apart from my mate, Phil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes Phil. Actually, Mizuguchi, he's my friend. He, he liked me on Twitter. Yeah. Good lad. He's a good lad. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. He's no Cockney Miyamoto, but, you know, he'll do. Droplets effect, please. Mr. Miyaguchi, Mizuguchi. Every Droplets week. effect. Every week. Anyway, uh, the, ne- <laughs> the next category that I'm going to go for is uh, most disappointing game of the year. So what did was perhaps hyped up or that you personally were looking forward to the most that didn't live up to your expectations right uh we talking just games are we we ignoring the fact at the moment that we are not going to talk about publishers and the storms we're talking just game yes here at the moment just games yeah 
Uh, see, I don't get overly disappointed by much, um, in case you haven't told, tell, to, uh, in case you couldn't tell. True. Uh, True. Oh, I don't want to say it. There's two. One is 12 minutes, as already mentioned. Um, yeah. I don't think it's as bad as some people made out, but I've been looking forward to that game for six years, seven years, maybe. I can't remember when it was first announced or when I first saw them on a giant bomb thing. And it's, uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to that. I think it does a lot right, but it's just it, that long in development, it gets so much wrong as well. It reached, I oh, will credit, it reached for the stars. It barely got out of the sweet shot. <laughs> It's a tough one. It went for it and didn't stick it. It is a, a real shame. Um, and the other one, oh, this hurts me. This hurts me. I tried. I've played more of it, and again, I don't. Doesn't deserve the hate that it's got off many people. But Skatebird again, I really wanted that to be something, and it's good. It's a good casual fun game that I've had fun with, but. I've not gone back to it for a long time and I've got no desire to. I, I, I think Megan Fox is passionate and it's definitely a passion project that there's so much love being poured into that game. Too much hype and it just didn't live up to it, unfortunately. Um, they are the two and it, it, it pains me to say it. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, you kind of associate hype... Well, I do. I might be alone in this, but kind of associate hype with paid-for hype and therefore you kind of I get a bit cynical about it but yeah. with, with Skatebird I haven't played it but you know you feel like it was positive hype in a way it was like oh wow you know people in the indie scene were like this is going to be really good and this is why and that it was disappointing made it disappointing for everybody if if that makes sense yeah yeah no definitely and I say I like Megan I I think she, I think they are a wonderful developer they they're always positive on on Twitter they've been very open even with the negative feedback they were very positive like positive with okay we'll take that on board and I said it's a, it was a passion project and I'm so happy that it came out and it's not a bad game it's again it's not a bad game there's fun to be had if you look at it for what it is which is a passion project a bit of fun it just it's it, it, it's my own fault honestly it is my own fault and i usually i would i'd, I'd give it a pass because i would turn around and go ah oh, the latest battlefield was disappointed the latest call of duty was i've not played them i've not played yeah. the latest far cry i'm not gonna touch them um so unfortunately because I've been playing so many indies and they are the two I really looked forward to yeah yeah no that's fair I, I I think that from what I've read about 12 minutes it sounds that well I mean you kind of get on the hype train because it doesn't have like big actors in it and you yeah it's got uh James McAvoy um, that's that's his uh, that's his uh, his stunt double, <laughs> yeah. and Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe, yeah. uh, a couple of other names that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. So you, you kind of think, well, well, they wouldn't sign up for it unless it was, you know, a good script and stuff. But well, 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 Kevin Spacey done Call of Duty, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If the money trucks parked up close enough to the house, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappointing though, like you say. Uh, that it wasn't better but yeah yeah 
Well, for, what about you? For me, I... Ooh, there weren't very many that I was particularly disappointed in, but there was, there was one really, really notable one, and one that goes against the grain a little bit. The one that goes against the grain a little bit was The Ascent, which I thought had some really good ideas, and it looked really good, and ultimately was just an extremely basic game that I'd played a billion times before, shoved into a sort of fresh sausage skin, really. It's how I felt about it. Which might not be particularly fair, but it's just about was a personal disappointment. It might have got better if I'd stuck with it a bit longer. But I'm going to die on this hill. It's a bloody good game. Well, there you go, you I'm see. I'm going to die on that hill. Yeah, there you are. These things are often very personal. Yeah, very, yeah, very I, I just really got... It. I, is it because it has some amazing accessibility options and it's one, it was one of the games I could play as it was intended because of the accessibility options? Possibly, but I will die on that hill for a cent. Well, we all do, don't we? Yeah, if something goes towards something that we want or need, then we, we'll, yeah. we'll overlook, overlook the flaws. Not that I'm saying that's what you're doing. There aren't any! Yeah, but... You know, I could I, I could just as well be completely wrong about it. I, I should probably replay it a little bit and just see what I think, but... You, you, yeah. You're not wrong, you're not wrong. I think I, I'm in the very much in the minority for it, but I, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Well, I think it had really good scores. I think, I'm not sure how well it sold, but it certainly seemed to do well with the critics, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad for them actually. that I'll it just, did. I'm going to have a quick gander on, see what his Steam reviews are. Worth it, yeah. Especially looking at the most recent ones. Yeah, very positive and mostly positive. So I, I've heard. I mean, maybe it's because of like the um, the closed bubble of like forums I use that it just got such a negative impact on there that I'm assuming that was the case for most people. But yeah, no, it's got okay, fair enough. It's got some good, good review scores. Uh, I don't know what its Metacritic was. Maybe I'm not in the minority then. I, I just assumed I was. I thought I was like. That one person that goes, no, Boris is okay in a, you know, a a Labour conference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's all right. It's funny with these Metacritic things, you know, not just Metacritic itself, but they've got it at uh, 68 on the publisher's uh, uh, reviewer score and 7.8 on the user score, which is very high. So, yeah, based on the first head reports i've heard from people talking about it you'd think it was like trash i mean I, again i i love it i mean we don't do scores but i'd be putting it in like the the around the seven and a half to eight and a half category for me yeah it's not perfect i know it's not perfect but there's so much about it i like maybe it's because it is simple um and that's what i like sometimes i want a game that's just simple yeah yeah i i mean the the trigger with me is more traversal than is necessary, or if not necessary, but than I like. You know, if there's a lot of walking around, I get very bored. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's not on the game, really. That's on me. But it does have a button that you can shoot over people's heads with. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. tell me another game that has a shoot over someone's head button. Yeah, I did like that. That was very clever. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the big game of the year, the big disappointment. <laughs> the ascent wasn't that big a disappointment for me. Just a just a minor thing. <laughs> just, just, just we wish you never mentioned it now. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good to get the different opinions, and as I say, I think mine's probably a bit skew with. But um, I, where I don't think it is uh, was Death Loop, 
which I, I just thought it's. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's the Emperor's new <laughs> the clothes. official game of the year. I know. I know. <laughs> I know, but no, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I've I've seen it. I've not played it properly, but no, God, I'll let you carry on. I'm with you on that. No, I know that you always re- run the risk of sounding like just being a contrarian, like oh, you know, well, yeah. I'm beyond that kind of game. My favourite game of the year is, and then name something that only two people have played. Us, but no, it's not that pretentiousness. I I actually think that you know, Deathloop's got loads of great ideas. I think it looks fabulous. I think it's very very clever. I just didn't take to. I, 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 well, I've said it on the podcast before. I just I don't think they nailed the core gameplay well enough. I think that you know we talk about Halo, and you can play it for two minutes and just go, "Yep, yeah, they've got the guns nailed, absolutely nailed down." You know, the gunplay is fantastic. You you can spend a long time in Deathloop going, "Why am I not enjoying using this weapon?" Yeah. Why, when I switch to that we- weapon, is that one not any better? And then eventually, after a while, you're like, I don't like any of these weapons. None of them are fun to use. None of them have, none of them are clicking with me at all. And then, if if you're not enjoying the core combat loop, that's not enough. I don't want to play a game just just for story. There has to be, yeah, we're well, not a first person shooter. You know, there has to be enjoyable shooting. Yeah. And for me, it, they just didn't grasp that at all. Yeah, no, and again, would that pass the test of if this was just squares and colours, would it work? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it doesn't pass that test, yeah. I, 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 everything I've seen about it, again, I can't, I'm not going to go to because I've not played it, but I've watched videos, I've, I've seen people playing it, and I look at it and I'm not going, oh, I can't wait till I can see properly enough to play this. Yeah. I'm like, uh Well... I said, uh, when I reviewed it at the time a few months ago, I said it's one of those that next year in 2022, the, or you know, maybe even a bit longer, there'll be loads of those articles of, so why was Deathloop pretty crap? Oh, like, like Dragon Age Inquisition when that was game of the year. People go, yeah. how? Yeah, there'll be all that kind of, oh, I knew right back then it wasn't as good as everyone was saying. No, you didn't. You were saying it was great. You got on the, the you know, the same gravy train as everybody else and said it was absolutely great and it was game of the year without exposing its flaws. And it it's one of those that it's still a good game. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it personally, but I would say, I, I you know, I've grown up enough to say just because I didn't like it doesn't mean it's a bad game. It's not a bad game. It's a good game. No, no, we could talk about bad games another time. Yeah, it's not a bad game. It's a well-made game. Yeah, yeah. But for it to be it's this... no Sonic 4. <laughs> no. But to be this universal critical darling that doesn't go into its flaws uh, is is kind of frustrating because you, you want there to be enough truth in there for it to be universal. So... The game of the year really should appeal to the the broadest possible majority, and not be conditional upon you know getting over its its big flaws. So you know that well, that's for me why it's such a disappointment. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Again, I'm okay. You could get flaws in games are fine because there's flaws in everything. But if you've got to battle those flaws, you can enjoy a game. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying that someone can't have Deathloop as their game of the year because 
I, I, you know, every year's been Tetris for me. People get bored of me saying Tetris is my is the game of the year. I mean, it is, and that's an uncategorical, uncategorical fact. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, but yeah, people go Tetris is crap. I don't like Tetris. I don't like puzzle games. And you know, I I can turn around and say, yeah, but if you did, okay, it's my personal game. Yeah, I get why it's not game of the year. But it's the same with Deathloop. I don't get how it's game of the year i mean i i know i've got access to this because we obviously we share our libraries um so i could install this now and play it i don't want to waste the bandwidth yet i'm gonna wait until it hits xbox next year when the exclusivity's over and i could just do it with the cloud yeah if i like it then i'll install it but nothing's making me go yeah i'm gonna install this and try it and you see yeah it's gonna get a really massive backlash when it gets released on other platforms and loses his exclusivity and the hot take is going to be well why did this get so much plaudits yeah and that's wrong as well <laughs> you know yeah that's that's reaction that's reactionary that's clickbaity because again it's a good game it's just that it's not got it's not it has so enough flaws to make it not game of the year whereas you know Objectively, I would say you could, for example, make Forza Horizon 5 game of the year and I'd just, you know, I'd just do a little golf clap uh-huh. because it's an excellent, excellent game. It's one that I didn't like, yeah. but that's down to me personally. But I would say... But it's like UK go, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I mean, as a... Whereas I can't with Deathloop. Yeah. I've heard... Not, not even from that, I've heard so many pundits go, we've played Deathloop, here's what's wrong with it, yet it's still getting vote with game of the year. And it's like, when most of the discussion is, here's what's wrong with Deathloop, here's what it does wrong, but then yeah, yeah, red you've flag. got a problem. Red flag immediately. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. There you go. So is that it? Or have we got one more category? We have. Hang on. Oh. Yes. So this is a, a much more positive one to end on. And it's a very, it's a, one of the big ones. It's best graphics. Oh. And this can be either, you know, it doesn't have to be a game you liked, but one that you just thought the graphics are amazing. Or it could be something that's very, very small, but you love the the aesthetic of it. You know, it's just like, what looked best yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. you know, that, this year? Yeah, for me, best graphics isn't best shiny. No. Oh. Right. Ooh, I've got to think about this, because I've got a couple. So, ironically enough, it's a game I've not played. It's a game that you seemingly don't like. I'm going to say Deathloop is one of them. <laughs> I think aesthetically, yeah. it's got a kind of grindhouse aesthetic to it. It looks like Robert Rodriguez has got his hands to it in a yeah, way. Yeah, um, yeah. And I like that. Um, it reminds me of... Do you remember Wet? I do. Yes, I do. It reminds me of like as though someone's... Deathloop reminds me someone's played Wet and gone, I really like that. Let's let's do something with that visually. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if like Eliza Dushku turns up somewhere. Alicia Dushku, sorry, turns up somewhere. No, Eliza. Alicia's Alicia Cuff, but Eliza Cuff. Yeah, Eliza Dushku. If she turns up somewhere as a character from wet in some DLC or something. Oh, that, <laughs> that should happen more in games that characters from other games appear as DLC. That'd be ace. Also, Wet was an underappreciated classic. Just got to point that out. I've never played it. I must try and track down a copy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Florida's buggery. Again, it's it's death loop in a way. It's Florida's buggery, but it's fun. Again, I'm, I'm nowhere going, oh, it should be game of the year 2008 or whatever. I just really enjoyed it, but I also have a huge crush on Eliza Dushku. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to point that out because it's in there and I think it's one of the bigger games that I think actually has a striking aesthetic. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm not going to say Tetris because that's boring to say that even though it's fantastic looking. So two, one of them is Circuit Superstars, which is a isometric style racing game that's like part sim, part arcade. Just looks really good. Just looks really, really good. Um, I, I, I can't explain it. There's nothing special about it, but I just visually, it just looks like a really good, like you could feel the game in its visuals, yeah. and it just works really well. It's gorgeous. Um, it is and, gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't notice it straight away. That's the weird thing. I've played, the, um, like, I've played it in early access and stuff like that, and I can't put my finger on what it is, and it doesn't hit you straight away, but it's only when you kind of look at other games, you go back it and look at it and go, yeah, okay, yeah, this is a really good-looking game. You know, somehow the different classes feel different from a distance. And the tracks feel alive, even though it is just a, 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 an isometric style game. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it is really, really good. But in terms of pure aesthetics, in terms of graphics, in terms of what it does and how important it is to the game, I'm going to say Railroot oh, um, yeah, yeah. on PC. Yeah. Again, it's, it's almost like the Thomas Was Alone effect. It's nothing but lines and blocks light on a dark background it's like playing if you've ever seen an actual um routing console at a train station it's like playing that yeah as a game yeah and it's 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 nailed this aesthetic they could have done this with trying to do like fancy looking trains to show what each one is and stuff like that nope little colour moments, you know, so you know when a track's live and a train's travelling on it because it goes green, um, you know, sort of like you, the, the, what the trains are coming because they're just little box carriages, it's all flat, but it's got so much life to it, each of the symbols makes perfect sense, and yeah, I just think it's one of those, it's a perfect blend of taking an aesthetic that makes sense for what this game is trying to convey, making it work in a game setting, and just looks the part for something that's so flat it looks really good especially once you've built up a you know a a, a massive trade network but i think for me that is one of the best games graphically this year because it's one of the most simplistic and it does its job perfectly yeah well on that very kind of similar aesthetic i really loved the look of mini motorways uh which was this year yes so that's definitely one of my picks and again, that's like, you know, it's just really simplistic. It's really straightforward. It looks like a really kind of high value, expensive presentation that you would get at like a really, you know, a big design firm or something. It's kind of like that. But like you said about, you know, about Railroad, it's just got that glorious simplicity that just transcends like the power of the machine that it's running on. And it's just. Yeah, doesn't take up a lot of power, but still looks absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, Mini Metro worked perfectly because it was like played, like, it was like, you was designed in an underground part, uh, like map, 
So I was surprised they kept a very similar aesthetic for mini motorways, but it just it yeah it does work so well. It really really does, and uh, that's I think that's a really good choice. And it does show as well that sometimes, uh, not even sometimes, I would say most of the time, get your aesthetic right. It just does not matter what it doesn't have to be spectacular i think we've moved past the point now where we need to have as many shiny like proper lighting effects as possible a simple aesthetic that that helps with the game's mechanics is just perfect and sometimes in that simplicity is what just makes it i don't think mini motorways would look good or play as well if they tried to do realistic looking motorways that you plop down because i know playing city skylines i love that game but Bloody hell, is it hard to keep an eye on what's going on? Yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it, it's more about the aesthetic than it is about the clarity. You know, it's kind of, it's abstract. It's uh, it's something that the mind makes really good connections with. The colours are very kind of muted. They're not pastel, but they're kind of, you know, subtle and soft. Yeah. And it's designed to be, uh, the aesthetics are designed to be as much a part of the experience you know, as as anything, as the gameplay itself. And I think if you look at something like Loop Hero, you know, just to talk about something you were you were talking about just earlier, that very much does a thing where it's like, this was what was available in the past and we're bringing that back and that aesthetic evokes a kind of a certain feeling in you. You know, it, it makes you think of that kind of game from the early 90s and that's, that's great. Yeah. But it's the kind of the busyness of it and the kind of the lack of immediate clarity is a, is a deliberate choice but it you know it, you could go oh it's great graphically because it does that in a clever way um but that's in a completely different way to the simplistic look of of this uh so yeah you know it it, it what I'm, <laughs> all I'm saying is it takes all sorts really to make good graphics and it depends on on what you're trying to what you're trying to do but my next pick would be Sable, which we also just talked about very briefly. Mm. I played the demo, really wasn't impressed with the, the way that it played. The full game might be more fun, but I wasn't I wasn't taken with it. But the graphics are like Merbius, the French graphic artist, uh, you know, that style. Absolutely fantastic looking. It's just a wonderful looking game. Yeah. I am like it's one of those games that is um very much like Gris from I'm gonna say twenty seventeen Gris came out, maybe twenty eighteen. That the gameplay to me in that it's almost the opposite effect to what I want from some games. Like the the graphics on like I say Railroad uh, Mini Motorways ex- just work perfectly with the mechanics of the game. I think with Gris and Sable to a degree, it's the game doesn't matter. You could just sit and watch those games being played yeah. because they look beautiful and their art disguised as games. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think I might watch a full run through of Sable. I think I might really enjoy that. Yeah. It's one of those, it's a good counter argument to people who go, oh, yeah, well, I watch Twitch people playing games when you can play them yourself. It's like, that's just stupid. <laughs> this is a stupid yeah. argument. But, um, you know, yeah, I would, I would enjoy watching somebody play it. I think. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you on that. I say I've played. I, I think I, I'm gonna say, is it on Game Pass? I'm sure I tried it on Game Pass. I'm I think so. Is. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think I had a little go, uh, but again, my eyes, me, because it's so bright, I can't. 
appreciate what the game actually is. So I have watched it on uh, YouTube. Sorry, I've watched like playthroughs on YouTube and spectacular from a distance, you know, even though there's some bits I can't see, you could see the art coming through from it. And that, yeah, that's a brilliant choice. It's the total opposite of what Railroot tries to do. What tries to do, yeah, does, tries to do. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, uh, it comes the ADHD stuff now. <laughs> And it's just, yeah, it's just shows that you can have one or the other. It is that you can have both. But notice how neither of us have gone for anything that goes, oh my God, this game looks so realistic. Yeah. No one, who cares? Yeah, no, not really. I, I just saw, um, uh, it was just last night, saw a video of a new game coming out called, ooh, what is it? Scarce Souls or something? And it sounds like a Souls game, but it isn't. Um, I will get the name uh, in just a moment. But that uses Unreal Engine 5. And, you know, obviously we're going to start now seeing games built in it. And it does some fantastic stuff that other game engines can't do that is purely about it being new, you know, and powerful. Yeah. But it's not powerful in a way that it's trying to make everything look real. It looks like Silent Hill 2, but with stuff in there that you that that engine couldn't possibly do uh, certainly not all at the same time and it's like they've taken something that's really really powerful and just used it to make something really impressive but without striving to just be like oh well we can do realism now so let's do that yeah it's taken an aesthetic choice and that's really great that's exactly what people should be doing and it, that's the thing with like with mini motorways it might look really simplistic, but it'll actually be very... Just getting it to run so smoothly and all of those things to interact without clash, all of that takes a lot of skill and effort and power. And they've they've just carefully hidden that behind the curtain. They've just put a beautiful curtain over the top of it so you, don't, you never have to think about it. Uh, and that's just a wonderful trait in, in some developers, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, I, I look back at games of the past and you actually realise they're not as good to play as you thought, but visually they still hold up. So like Jet Set Radio, I think has aged in terms of the way it controls, uh, not Jet Set Radio Future because that's still amazing to play. Uh, get that re-released. <laughs> yeah. But Jet Set Radio has aged pretty badly control-wise. Yeah. Visually. Oh my god, that still holds up today. It does. Borderlands, I, I think, is a bang average game, but boy, does it look pretty still. Thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at what they did with the bloody remake. They took out the aesthetics, pretty much still had the same game, and all of a sudden it was crap. Because realism. Why do we game? Why do we game? We don't game for realism. We game to escape reality. Yeah. So, uh, great, that rock looks like a real-life rock, and I'm impressed by that. It is impressive, and I don't mind the odd game doing it, but I, I don't want to see everyone striving for that. It, there's no need. There's no, honestly no, no need. Yes, no, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It just doesn't have to be... It, it needs to be there in the background, but it doesn't have to be the focus kind of a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, use your care, use your power budget wisely. I think, um, and that game that I was talking about is called Stray Souls. Stray Souls, um, 
and I'll, I'll put a link to it on Twitter, and it's definitely worth checking out because all Unreal Engine 5 stuff coming out now is is kind of going to make people's jaws drop it because there's just stuff about it that you just couldn't do before, and you'll see what I mean when you watch it. Uh, but yeah. Do you remember where people were blown away by the, the level of fidelity on the uh, Final Fantasy movie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it's gonna it? going to replace actors, they said. We're not there yet, but uh, we're getting there. Uh, I saw for the first time that opening, is it an opening scene possibly of uh, Terminator Dark Fate? Yeah. Where they digitally redone, uh, like, young, not young, but middle aged Sarah Connor and um, uh, Edward Furlong. I don't know what his name is in the film. I keep forgetting. Oh. John Connor. John Connor. Of course. <laughs> the main character. Yeah. And it's, um, that's really impressive for its time, which is only a couple of years ago. But it shows when you use visuals like cgi it within 10 minutes it starts to show its age yeah yeah which is why the first jurassic park still the best because of the amount of actual proper models they used that when they did use cgi it complemented it yeah. whereas jurassic park 3 and others look <laughs> because they didn't use physical so Again, striving for realism might look good at the time, but it soon ages really badly. I mean, have you looked at L.A. Noir recently? Oh, God, yeah. I remember being blown away by that. Now, I can't, it makes me feel physically sick looking at it because it just looks wrong. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, are we doing, by the way, before I was, are we going to do a category down the line of what we're looking forward to next year or... Oh, was that not in your list? I hadn't thought of it, but uh, it's a that's a really good choice. But we won't this week. We'll talk about that next week. Next week because there's a, a game that's just been announced that me and possibly the developers have heard of. Uh, oh wow, that popular, eh? <laughs> yeah, that was out on Android, so it's a mobile game first. So again, don't let this put you off. But it looks really, really good. Well, it is, it plays really, really good. And I said to the developers a couple of years ago, uh, this needs to come onto Switch. Um, and they said, keep your eyes peeled. It's coming. I can't wait. I'll tell you what it is next week. Awesome, nice one. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm, I'll just finish off by saying, I I couldn't let best graphics go without saying Guilty Gear Strive because. I just I'm whenever I see it I'm just utterly blown away by the the fact that it's animation it looks like animation traditional 2D animation yeah. but they're 3D models and it can go into 3D whenever it wants I will never get over that and I think it looks and amazing you're not playing it it's completely scripted it's a scripted animation you're not playing that game you just think you're playing it yeah it's that smooth I know I know so yeah yeah good shout that's a really good shout so yeah all of those very beautiful. Yeah, so I think, no, unless you've got anything specific you want to cover, there's no real mental health chat this, these, probably over these next couple of weeks as we see out the, the new year. There's some new plans coming for the start of the year. Uh, we're going to have a slight restructure on things. Fingers crossed that more video stuff will start coming back out again, um, one way or another. But it's, uh, yeah, probably not much mental health stuff unless anything major happens. So it means probably no real political stuff. Over the next couple of weeks, I say, listen, unless Stu wants to jump in and go, actually, I want to talk about this. Well, actually, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm more than happy to just talk about positive, light stuff from now until yes. the new year. Yes. Because 2022 is going to be better for everybody. Yeah, it's sunshine and roses. <sighs> Sounds like the name of a really depressing 
film by the person who done uh, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky. That's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, let's try and make it so that it isn't like that next year. <laughs> let's make Sunshine and Moses. It's a film about meth addicts. You know, it's fine. Yeah. But anyway, on a more, on a lighter note, yeah, so next next week we've got more Game of the Year stuff. Drawn at random. And then the next week after that is Christmas, and that will be our top... How many are we doing? Are we going to do a top five or a top ten? What, what do you want to do? If we do a top ten, we'll be probably recording it into the uh, into the new year. True. You want me to talk about ten games, so we'll go top one. Top one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's. We'll go for our. We'll, what we'll do. I've got a number of games in there, so I'll list like we'll maybe list ten to five. Just we won't talk about them. We'll list ten to five, and then we'll talk a bit about our top five each. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll do that. So there you go. You got that to look forward to, and. In the meantime, have a good week if you can. Look after yourself. Join our Discord to chat. And you don't have to just chat about mental health. Talk about any topic that you like. But in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane.